Welcome back to the Adam Schefter Podcast. And on this week's podcast, we will be joined by Mike North, Vice President of the NFL's Broadcast Planning and Scheduling, as well as Ani Bose, the NFL's Vice President of Broadcasting. These two men were two of the central figures in devising the 272 regular season game schedule that was released last week. And there are tremendous insights into how they formed the schedule that they did. And the schedule that they did has some interesting quirks to it that were going to be there no matter what. Interesting to me that the Seattle Seahawks will travel across 34 time zones this season, while the Pittsburgh Steelers will not leave the Eastern time zone all year long. The Steelers will travel a meager 6,442 miles while the Seahawks will travel almost 30,000, 29,446 miles to be exact. And there'll be a few teams this year that travel across that many time zones. The Denver Broncos will go across 32 different time zones, 27 plus thousand miles. And the New Orleans Saints will travel 30 time zones, almost 25,000 miles. The Chargers, 30 time zones, almost 23,200 miles. So some teams will travel quite a bit. And those numbers come courtesy of my friend, Bill Spiros, who was once one of my newspaper editors, the Denver Post. He had accumulated all these numbers on the spare time. I don't know where he had the time to come up with them, but he did. And they are revealing in the sense that it's hard to imagine the Steelers won't have a huge advantage getting to stay so close to home all year long, not having to travel very far. I mean, to think that they're going to travel that light all season long, 6,442 miles, never leave the Eastern time. That has got to be a big time advantage to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 2022 season. Now, when the schedule comes out, the first thing I always look at is the Monday night schedule and the week one schedule. Monday night for logistical travel purposes and the schedule this year is a little bit more friendly than last year when we traveled all across the country. And this year, Great opener, great opener. And the NFL did not want to save Russell Wilson for later in the year. And so it's putting the Broncos and Russell Wilson at Seattle week one. And I think the league is thinking this, that if they put that game in week 10, who knows what the team's records are at that point? Who knows if the game would have quite the same juice in week one? It's got all the juice you could want. That is a marquee matchup on Monday Night Football Russell Wilson at Seattle, a great Monday night matchup. There's some other great Monday night matchups. New Orleans at Tampa Bay on December 5th is a great one. The Rams at the Packers, December 19th, always visiting, always love visiting Lambeau Field in December. And the Bills at the Bengals, January 2nd, some great, great Monday night matchups. But I mentioned Russell at Seattle week one. Week one, chock full of great matchups, right? We've got the opening game of the season Thursday night Buffalo at the Rams would anybody be surprised if that was a potential Super Bowl matchup just a tremendous matchup we mentioned the Steelers they open at Cincinnati great matchup how about the Packers and Vikings NFC North showdown how about the Buccaneers at Dallas Tom Brady playing at Dallas on the opening Sunday night game of the year tremendous matchup New England at Miami now here's an interesting little factoid that I don't think people realize Rex Ryan always said that the toughest place to play in the NFL, especially early in the year, is Miami. 
Now, who would think that, right? But the way that he explains it is the visiting bench is in the sun, directly in the sun all game long. And so it takes a toll on the visiting team, especially early in the year when it's really hot and humid. You know, Bill Belichick will have the Patriots train for those conditions, but it still makes for a tough week one matchup for the New England Patriots going down to Miami to play the Dolphins. And of course, all that leads up to the Raiders Chargers game on Sunday afternoon, another great AFC West matchup. There are 19, 19 AFC West games in prime time this year, which is basically an average of over one per week. So every single week, we're going to get a primetime matchup of AFC West teams. And there it is this week, the Raiders and Chargers, 425 Eastern on CBS in week one, all, of course, leading up to the Monday night game where Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle to play in front of the 12th man and the great Seahawks fans that there are. All right, a lot to this schedule. And there's even some news here, which I didn't realize that comes via Mike North and Ani Bose about how the schedule will set up in 2023. But I will let them share that news. Without further ado, Mike North, the Vice President of NFL Broadcast Planning and Scheduling, and Ani Bose, the Vice President of Broadcasting. Listen, Mike, I think uh, you must have been busy signing autographs from all the attention that you've gotten about this schedule. Dude, I got hair and makeup this morning. Look how tight this bun is. I was just saying, Ani and I were saying, I can't get hair and makeup at ESPN. Haven't had hair and makeup since the pandemic. Actually, Monday nights, but we were in studio in Bristol, Connecticut for the schedule release show. Your schedule, no hair and makeup, but you get hair and makeup, right? Sorry, pal. I'll talk He's to got you. more hair than you. <laughs> he does. And you know what? They did a good job with hair and makeup this morning, Mike. You look, you look good. You look good. Do you get recognized on the street now with all this added attention? Yeah. I'm Punxsutawney Phil, man. They parade me around for a day or two, and then they put me back in my hole till next spring. Nobody knows who I am. I like it that way. And so, and so this is your time that we get to speak to you. The annual Mike North, Ani Bose coming out of their caves, reappearing until they go back in, until we resurfaced. So now that you are out of the cave, what are your takeaways of the 2022 schedule? Ani, why don't you start us out? All right, I'll start. Look, I, I think that, you know, Adam, you've had Mike on before and, and you know, there, there's the true narrative that this is an incredible challenge, right? There, there's so many variables in play and so many people and teams and networks that we're trying to accommodate and, and make sure that we do right by them and then balance the upside and the downside of that schedule. And look, it's it's something that we, we really relish, right? It, it's a great and cool thing that Mike and I get to be a part of. And, and, you know, it's a very small team, as you know, Adam led by Howard Katz, Charlotte Carey, Blake Jones, Nick Cooney, Hans Schroeder. That's kind of it. So, you know, we pull off great things at the NFL, the Super Bowl, the draft, you know, collective bargaining agreements. Super Bowl has thousands of people. We have six or seven. So we're, we, 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 we love that. Like it's a very cool and unique thing. And then every year has got different factors and different challenges. And as you well know, you know, you're on the front lines of it. Certain people on our team, we won't name names, have Adam Schefter tweets. They get notifications. <laughs> and there were a few weeks where we were getting notifications every day with big moves. And that changes things. And, and we're fans and we love that. True story. After the Russell Wilson trade, I hear from somebody in your office, shall remain nameless. And they said, did you report that Russell Wilson is being traded to Denver? I said, I did. He said, is that accurate? I said, yes, it is. He said, can we count on that? 
And I said, <laughs> yes, you can. And he uh, said, okay, good. Pretty sure we know who that was. <laughs> that became a schedule stand down day, what we call, right? Is that what they're called? Schedule stand down days? It was so much easier when you and I were in cubicles right next to each other yes. in the old building. We could have just knocked on your door and asked. Exactly. But I got evicted. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I think you got poached. That's what we said. No, I got evicted on it. I got <laughs> okay. evicted. Right. I got evicted. Okay. We won't go into the details of that. So evicted is the actual term for that phrase and exactly the turn of events that happened. Okay. But the schedule comes out, Mike, your reaction to everything and everything that you've seen, all these challenges that Ani's laid out with your team of six to seven people that are doing the work of 60 to 70 people, maybe more. Look, really proud. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity. Um, for the most part, the reaction these last couple of days has been excellent. Um, you know, we gave the schedules to the teams on Wednesday and we gave the schedules to the networks on Thursday, but they each only got their own. So your reaction initially is, oh, what did I get? And what did you do to, you know, do me wrong? Um, but for the most part, everybody was pretty cool about it as they got their own. Then as the schedule got out Thursday night and now we get into Friday and everybody's seeing the rest of it. Now everybody started being like, oh, wait a minute. Now I see what you did for that guy. And you either feel a little bit better about what you're holding or you might feel a little bit worse. So, you know, some of the teams are wondering, hey, why did I get a three game road trip? Uh, and then they look in their division and that guy opens two away or that guy's got a road after road Monday or he's got the earliest possible buy. And maybe you're not feeling quite as bad about your three game road trip. Or if you're one of the network partners and you look at your list of games and you're saying, hey, these look pretty good. Thanks. But then you see that guy's list of games and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I would have loved to have that had that one. So uh, still another day or two of everybody kind of digesting it and still fielding some uh, let's not call them angry phone calls, but uh, questions, questions. Um, no schedule is perfect, but obviously we felt pretty good about this one. We looked at over 100,000 of them and just kept throwing options at Howard and the team. And, you know, here's one, here's one, here's one. What do you like? What do you hate? What are you looking for? I think we found one that had the right balance of, uh, you know, deploying all of these assets. I call them assets. They're really our fans' assets. These 272 games, they belong to our fans. We're not doing our jobs if we're not putting the best ones in the biggest windows where everybody can watch them. But you also kind of got to balance the team pain and the scheduling challenges and the competitive inequities. And nobody wants to feel like on schedule release day, we can't win with this. How could you do this to us? Thankfully, I don't feel like anybody thinks that right now. I would think, I know that on Mondays after games, one of the toughest offices in the National Football League is in officiating. And the head of officials gets all these calls from these angry coaches who are all worked up about calls that didn't go their way. That happens regularly. Have you gotten calls now or anytime from somebody who was especially PO'd about the way the schedule fell? A call that stands out to you. Ever or this year? Ever or this year. Either or. I'd say this year we're pretty good, right? I don't think <laughs> that we've kind of forgotten anybody has had 24, 48 hours to digest their schedule and come back at us. I'm sure we'll get all the analysis from the the local markets and here's what, you know, the worst things about the Eagles schedule and what did you do to the Buccaneers and things like that. But I don't think there's anything major out there. You know, Mike, you, you probably more on the front lines historically of, of some of this stuff that, you know, look, we've certainly had things that we may not have anticipated and we learn from, and we try to make sure let's, let's avoid those things going, going forward. Yeah. Most of the calls, Adam, I mean, you know, this, you know, the league really well, they may complain privately, but, they won't ever say anything publicly. Nobody's ever going to go out there and give, you know, their players or their fans an excuse 
Um, you tell us when to play and, and we'll show up. Um, but there's definitely been a handful of phone calls. I remember, I, I hope I'm not uh, speaking out of school here, but um, I definitely remember a phone call one year with Steve Spagnolo when he was coaching the Rams and uh, he called me and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just making a suggestion for the future. Uh, I'm, I'm just not sure that our schedule is fair. Uh, we've got this odd mix of, you know, road games early in the season. We don't play any of our division opponents until something like week eight and like five of the first six opponents we play or playoff teams, you know, we'll show up and, and we'll be there. Um, and I'm certainly not going to say anything publicly, but just for you, young fella, as you, you know, if you continue your career at the NFL and keep working on building schedules, you know, these are the kind of things that we look at and you should look at too. And I've, I've never forgotten it. You know, I, I say words like assets and inventory, uh, but but these are human beings, right? These are human beings playing the game, coaching the game, and, and there are jobs at stake and um, never want to lose that human touch, never want to completely put all of our faith in the computers and just, hey, the computer spit it out, you know, blame the ones and zeros. Uh, there's still, you know, a human side to this, both building it and, and the impact of it uh, once it comes out. So try to never lose that focus. We're trying to shift a little bit less you know, gut and feel and a little bit more math and science, but uh, it's still human beings. It's still emotional and and try to never lose that. So what was the lesson, Mike? What was the lesson from Steve Spagnuolo? In that Look, the lesson there was you? the lesson there was twofold. Number one was, you know, division games, they, they hit different, right? They hit harder. And if you save them all for the back end, you run the risk of the season maybe kind of getting away from you before you even gotten to arguably your most important games. And he was right. Um, that's not to say we've never done it before. You might remember last year's schedule had an awful lot of NFC East division games in December. It was one of the things we actually kind of liked about that schedule. When we talked to the owners of the NFC East teams, they were all on board with it. Nobody complained about it, but shoot, the Cowboys almost kind of had that thing wrapped up by Christmas. So kind of a waste of some of those really good assets. Um, and the other thing was, uh, like he said, I, I don't remember it exactly. I'd have to go back and look it up, but it was something like he had five playoff teams in the first six weeks. That's a tough way to start anybody's season. None of us know how good any of these teams are going to be by the time we get there. Season's still four months away. But, you know, one barometer is your record from last year. And to load everybody up with all your hardest opponents, quote unquote, uh, in the first five or six weeks of the season is, is asking a lot. So we're always conscious as we look through the schedules of, hey, is, is anything in here truly unfair to any one of these 32? And if it is, we, we probably shouldn't play it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. 
One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Did you see that the Chiefs this year, the first team in NFL history to start the season with eight straight games against teams that had a winning record in the previous season? Yeah, I mean, I would only say that one's a little different. I would only say that one's a little different just because of the rotation. I mean, it was going to be hard to find a game on the Chiefs' schedule that didn't feature a team with a winning record from last year. Obviously, everybody in that division's good, and the one team that wasn't 500 got better when they signed Russell Wilson. And this is the year just by rotation they play over into the NFC West, so they know they got to play the Rams. You know they got to play the Niners. Their schedule is going to be tough no matter how we laid them out, but you know they've been, what, four or five straight AFC championship games they're used to everybody coming for him, and I, I doubt Andy Reid is going to, you know, tell anybody to feel sorry for him. He'll he'll have the team ready to play. You guys mentioned computers and models, and obviously a understaffed team that puts together the schedule. So, Ani, I'll ask you: How does this work? How does the schedule get put together? Yeah, it, look, it's a you know we we t- it's something we talk about that it starts really the the day the previous regular season ends because that's when we know the matchups. You know, Adam, as as you know, and then you know maybe at this point a lot of our audience knows. You know, most of those games are set on a rotation. You've got your divisional games. You've got the the division you're matched up for this year in your conference. The division you're matched up in the other conference, and then it's the standings based games, and that's what gets locked in. And so we start just looking at what's out there. What are the games available? What are the good matchups? What are the strong things? And start just at least in our minds, start sketching out, you know, what what do we think? You know, where are the, the, the games that are going to be in high demand? And then there's a process where the teams give us their input. Mike sends out a form and they give us the answer to the questions of, you know, where might your stadium be unavailable and for what reason? Are you willing to host a Thanksgiving game? This year, are you willing to host a, a Christmas game? and other factors that they may or may not choose to give us. And then we meet with the networks and they get talked to us about what their priorities are. If it's CBS and Fox, look, these are the games that are really important for us to keep in the current model of how those games are assigned. If it's ESPN or NBC or now Prime Video with Amazon, you know, look, here's here's strategically how we look at the season. We take all those inputs, we consider them, and through the Super Bowl, we think about it, we talk about it. And then kind of post-Super Bowl, you get into the process where all of those parameters and requirements are loaded into the computer and the software that Mike knows, you know, kind of up and down and by heart and spends all day thinking about and managing. And we just start iterating. We start having that computer spit out schedules, you know, kind of just pro forma schedules to start seeing patterns and where games lay out. And you spend a lot of that time just getting familiar with what's there and yeah i feel like we want to do these things with these games but this year in particular as you know before the process started tom brady was an active player for the next 40 days he was a retired player and then he came back and that changes fundamentally everything just because he's tom brady and the buccaneers and because the buccaneers schedule is incredible where they play dallas green bay kansas city baltimore the rams let alone new orleans who gives them fits and so you adapt and that that those few weeks where we were reading your tweets every day, you adapt to that. And all of a sudden the AFC West is incredibly compelling and you change your focus. And, you know, I'd say to Mike, hey, we should have more of these AFC West games in primetime. They're all going to be entertaining. And Russell Wilson's with the Broncos. Matt Ryan going to the Colts makes that makes a difference there. Right. Those games are going to matter. And it's just an iterative process. And it keeps going until, you know, you get to a point where you're like, we've learned a lot. 
we've got something that we feel good about and we declare that schedule the leader and then you just try to beat it 19 afc west primetime games this year when you finally get that iteration of the schedule that you're looking for how do you know that and what does it feel like it you know it because you've evaluated the primetime schedule you've evaluated the week by week sunday afternoon schedule you've evaluated the teams and their you know competitive factors you know all the different criteria and we've 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 you know done a deep dive beat it up and you say okay all things considered we feel good about this there's nothing here that we wouldn't play right that the one the biggest question is day to day what's in here that you wouldn't play tell the computer to never show me that again and you get to a point where you say this is pretty good there's nothing we wouldn't play but we know we can get better do you, do you take it when you get that final iteration? Do you bring it down to the commissioner's office, slap it down on his desk and say, hey, Roger, take a look at this? Or does that not happen? It, look, there, there was you know a process. Uh, nothing gets played until he approves it. What we've done over the last few years is instead of going to him on May 10th before the May 12th schedule release, over the course of the, the process, we'll probably check in with him early on big picture things. We'll have a check-in you know, probably post that free agency frenzies. Here's where we're headed directionally. Let's make sure there's nothing you're not overly concerned about. And then over the last four weeks, we were meeting with him weekly just to get him up to speed. Here's what we're looking at. We're, you know, this is a contender. We're close here, the little things. And he's, you know, no surprise to you, Adam. He is focused and detail oriented and he will give you direct feedback on specific things or big picture feedback, right? We took a lot of pride in this year's schedule with the Bills and the Chargers and the Bengals, teams that are really elevated that maybe traditionally wouldn't be, and making sure that we've got those games distributed broadly and they're getting big audiences because they've got great young quarterbacks that people want to see. So when the schedule does get done, Mike, I think back to when I was in college and I finished final exams and turn on my projects and I get done. Does this feel like December 16th or whatever it may be to you guys where you're done? You can take a deep breath. You know, you don't have to go through this again for another seven, eight, nine months, whatever it may be. You get a chance to catch your breath. Is that what it's like, the feeling? Uh, it's a little bit like that in the sense that, okay, we're done. We took the test. Now we got to wait a couple of days and see what the grade is. Um, <laughs> definitely going to hold our breath here for a couple of days and make sure that everybody is still seemingly as happy with it in a couple of days as they are now. Um, but then strangely enough, you know, we don't actually get graded on this one until December, you know, talk to us again in December and let's see, you know, that which we were worried about, did it actually manifest itself as any kind of issue that which this team complained about did they go five and one through that six week stretch or did they go in six and did they miss out on the playoffs as a result? So we sort of get graded on this twice, once when it comes out. And then again, once it gets finished playing, uh, the team will take a well-deserved break. Uh, as Ani said, it's an awful lot of people really kind of living and breathing this 24 seven since really the day after the Super Bowl. There's, there's no rest for the weary here. And um, you know, it's all, always hard to work really hard on a project that, you know, not everybody's going to be happy with. So Take a couple of days, relax, um, but we'll be right back at it soon enough. The 2023 season uh, is going to look different than the 2022 season. It's when the new media deals kick in. We've got some new rules, new parameters. We've got some new um, technological challenges just as far as the computers go and ratings estimates and travel miles and international games and flexible scheduling and games on streaming partners. Uh, we, we won't rest too long before we start getting into what the 2023 process is going to look like.
What's something new that we're going to see in 2023, Mike? Uh, well, the newest one is going to be on Monday nights. Uh, there's two things that we're going to see on Monday nights that we didn't see this year. Uh, one of them, you know, this year, week two, we've got the two Monday night games kind of side by side, one on ESPN, one on ABC with a little bit of an overlap, but there's only one of those weeks this year. Next year, there's three of them. So we're going to use this year as a bit of a learning experience. You know, for decades, we played the two Monday night games in week one, one at seven o'clock Eastern, one at 10, 15 Eastern. We know what it's like to have two games back to back. This will give us a little taste of what it's like to have two games overlapping by an hour and a half or so. Next year, we've got three of these opportunities. So maybe we'll do three different things with those three opportunities, overlap them different lengths, kick them off at the same time, have them truly side by side, maybe go back and have one kick early, one kick late. Um, and then the real interesting thing about Monday Night Football next year is that as part of the new deals, the Monday Night Football games in December are subject to flexible scheduling. So we get flexible scheduling for Monday Night Football in December. So that means I don't know. The ESPN crew doesn't know where it will be in the month of December, despite the schedule that does come out, right? Yeah, look, we'll treat it just like we treat Sunday night, right? We're going to put a game on the schedule, and it's going to be a game that we're counting on and planning on and expecting to play. We wouldn't have put it there otherwise. So, you know, everybody's got this notion of all the uncertainty about Sunday night flex. You know, we flex maybe once a year. We didn't flex at all last year certainly not in december so you know hopefully the crystal ball is clear and the games we pick for prime time late in the season hold up and are, and are worthwhile and it play up implications when we get there but if they don't you know we're not doing anybody any favors by leaving a game in prime time if it's not compelling if it doesn't have playoff implications if a team is more down than they thought they were going to be or somebody's injured so having the opportunity in very isolated instances will be judicious about it but you know, understanding the impact of the two teams and maybe the 50,000 ticket holders for that game, there might be a greater good to be solved by getting a game into that national window that 20 or 25 million people might be able to watch. Instead. Just to be clear, the flex scheduling is for the last month. Is it the last four weeks of the season, the last five weeks of the season? Do we know what that is exactly, Mike? Yeah, I mean, look, we know week 18 is always flexible. I mean, you right. couldn't be more flexible than we are in week 18 now. Uh, but weeks 14, 15, 16, and 17, Monday night football, Sunday night football, Sunday afternoons, the Saturday pools, all of it subject to flexible schedule. So 14 through 18 next year. And you mentioned three doubleheaders like the one we'll have this year in week two when we'll have, I believe it's the Eagles and the Vikings and the Bills and the Titans in the early game. Now, I will say this. I don't understand why they're overlapping, and I don't understand why one wouldn't begin at five and the other at say eight fifteen. What is the thinking behind that? And as somebody who likes to watch all the football he can, can we vote to shift that next year so that we go from one game to another and nobody misses any action? Well, it's like Mike said, right? This is a learning opportunity. And you know, the thing is, you're right, on Sunday afternoons, we're used to games being overlapping all the time. And it's they're on CBS, they're on Fox, you've got red zone, you may have Sunday ticket. This is something new and it's within the Disney sports family. And so there's that opportunity to, like Mike said, you know, let's learn what this one is. We know what the non-overlap is and you're playing that game late into the night on the East coast. It may not be the best use of, you know, let's, let's have two pretty interesting week two games and let's see what, you know, the, the, the studio group at ESPN, can we do whip arounds? Can we do in progress highlights, things like that? 
I think we're looking to see what kind of a different viewing experience we can get this year and then apply that going forward. Do we have any idea of the timing of when those three double headers will be? Can they be like weeks one, two, three? Would they be spread out throughout the year? Would they be a part of the flex scheduling process at the end of the year? How does all this work? Yeah, you know, Adam, I think the honest answer right now is we don't know. I think we we came into this year with the process, as you might know, last year, you know, over time, right, we've, we've been simulcasting the wildcard game on ESPN and ABC for a bunch of years. And then last year, for the first time, they we simulcast, I think it was a total of three games on ESPN and ABC. I believe it was week one and like week 15 and 16. And so this year, as part of the scheduling process, the ESPN programming team came to us and said, here are the weeks where we can simulcast games on ABC. And we were very thoughtful about that. And we, we deployed you know, that much more because some bigger games into those windows and making sure that you can really optimize those audiences. So I, we, and and then we kind of agreed that that week two window was the right window to do this side by side. I think that there are some parameters on how late into the season they can go, but nothing is set in stone yet on what we would do next year. It's very exciting for next year. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A couple of other questions I have before I go. What kind of effect, Mike, did Elton John and Lady Gaga have on the schedule in 2022? Yeah, I remember you tweeted a few years ago that the guy that actually had more impact on the NFL schedule than anybody else was Ed Sheeran. Uh, similar, similar this year. Look, the pandemic, you know, impacted all of us. It certainly impacted the music touring industry. Uh, so everybody stopped touring. Um, and now, as we hopefully near the end of this thing, um, everybody's touring again. So uh, Lady Gaga's out there. Elton John's out there. Bad Bunny's out there. Ramstein's out there. I think BTS is trying to get back out there. You know, those events matter to these markets, to these stadiums, uh, and to a certain extent to our fans as well. Um, so what we try to do, as always, is accommodate everybody's asks. And like Ani says, you know, the clubs all have their asks. Some of them are harder to accommodate than others, right? Everybody wants to open at home and close at home and have a midseason buy. And nobody wants to go to Florida in September and nobody wants to go to Lambeau in January. Those might be tough to accommodate. But, hey, we've got an opportunity to have a major musical act come through here in week two. Would it be OK if you put us on the road that week? You know, I get why the VP of marketing or the ticket guy or the, you know, stadium operators making that ask. You can imagine the head coach isn't right. You block your stadium in week two. You've infinitely increased the odds that you're going to open the season with two consecutive road games. So trying to balance those asks, both from the revenue side and from the competitive side, uh, a constant challenge. Um, hopefully we get Elton John tickets if we ask for them. But I think we were able to accommodate 
everything we were asked this year without hopefully really impacting anybody competitively. But um, it's it's getting harder and harder every year. We acknowledge we use these buildings 10 times a year. Um, you know, there's got to be other events going on, but it's tough for us when those events are in September. Now, here's the other question I have as I looked over the schedule. You guys are privy and have access to so much information. We all love information, right? So the Cleveland Browns are on Monday Night Football this year for the first time on Halloween night, it looks like, the ninth week of the season. Is there any interaction between you and the league office and any investigations? Do you ever say, do they ever say, Deshaun Watson, we don't know if he will or won't miss a part of the season. Does any of that go on? and enter into a decision to have the Browns play the ninth week of the season and not sooner. It's a, a firm and definitive no. And, and as I like to say to uh, Seth Markman, Adam knows more than we do. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. You know, I, 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 my own sense was I saw that, listen, Deshaun Watson, we're all waiting. It's the first case, the first disciplinary case under the new collective bargaining agreement. Uh, Lisa Friel's doing her investigation right now. We'll see what Todd Jones says. You know, the NFL wants to get an answer sooner rather than later. We'll see how it turns out. We all wait to see what the decision of the league. Uh, but it's different this year because this is the first case, like I said, under the new CBA. So we don't know how this is going to shake. It's not Roger Goodell making the decision anymore, which a lot of people, I think, don't necessarily realize. But that's a topic for another day. Last thing I want to ask you guys is, the schedule has sort of taken on a life of its own. Now, I've always loved football, and I've always loved the release of the schedule, and I always thought it was a big deal. And I remember when I was covering the Broncos back in the day for the local newspapers in Denver, the Rocky Mountain News First, the Denver Post later. The schedule would come out, and it would show up the next day like in a small agate, and maybe there would be a little accompanying story, but it always felt to me like it was a bigger deal than the newspapers made it out to be back in the day. Now it's gone the total opposite way. And I love how there's a game released every day. It's sort of like, to me, like eight nights of Hanukkah. We get a little <laughs> gift, a little gift, a little gift. And then the last night of Hanukkah, everything gets blown out and we get the full schedule, right? But from your perspectives, first you want anything, you, Mike, how would you assess what this has become in the off season and the significance amazingly that it's taken on? Yeah, look, a couple thoughts there, Adam. You know, this has been, this is kind of, I look at it as year two or three of this process, right? It wasn't that long ago that the schedule came out before the draft. We always kind of pegged, you know, Masters weekend. We're probably going to be in the office trying to finish the schedule. And it would get released and it would get some attention, but we gave it 24 hours notice, right? We'd, we McCarthy would send a tweet and we'd put it out there. And, you know, COVID was one impetus for this. You know, we just had the we, we we pushed it after the draft. We wanted to make sure we got it right. There were a bunch of factors in play. And then from there, we built on it. You know, as you know, we we think long term and it's been something we've been thinking about. But last year was the first time we told you what day it was going to be on. And we promoted that for a couple of weeks. And then this year we put a press release out and we announced a game at the draft and we kept building it. And so very much like the draft going from the Marriott Mark key to the, you know, the wherever, you know, Javits to Radio City to now Chicago to Nashville. I'm not equating them fully, but one is reading names off of a card and another one is announcing a calendar of schedule. You know, it's an opportunity, but it, it's because 
people are engaged in it, right? We all have experienced this. You, Adam, you're going to look to see where you're going on Monday nights. Friends of ours are asking us, I got to book, you know, I'm a surgeon and I got to book my on-call weeks and I want to make sure I can have my Seahawks season ticket. So it, it, it's, there's an energy to it. And what hit me this morning, you know, all those weeks when there were the big player movements, one of the, you know, the podcasters, the emergency podcast to talk about Russell to the Broncos. There was a schedule release assessment podcast this morning. I'm like, all right, there we go. We have arrived. So, <laughs> well, that's unbelievable. And it has taken on a life of its own. And it's that important to people planning their fall schedules. And I've got people texting me, hey, when is this team playing that team yesterday? They want to know because everybody is waiting to plan their entire offseason. And this always to me felt like a big deal. But you guys have taken it to the next level and made it the biggest deal possible. And I also should say it should stay like this the second week after the draft because you have the draft, then you have the assessment of the draft, then we enter a slow period, and the NFL takes over again with the schedule release. Like it should be slotted for this time every year, right, Mike? Look, I, I'm appreciative that people care. Uh, I love that you know you were one of the people very early. I remember doing this pod with you a long time ago before we were even you know, doing kind of any media around the schedule. So uh, I love that people care. Happy to answer questions. I hope that people, you know, get a little insight and get a little transparency to it. And maybe that, you know, eliminates some of the conspiracy theories and, and the, oh, they must have had it out for us. And I'm sure they set out to do this on purpose. Um, it, it really couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, there's no reason to look at 100,000 different versions if we didn't care. And every day we try to get a little bit better. Every year we try to get a little bit better. And like we talked about earlier, kind of shifting the whole process, you know, part art, part science, you know, maybe a little less gut and feel and a little bit more predictive analytics and really trying to understand, you know, what's important to our fans, what's competitively fair and unfair, what makes sense for our new broadcast partners, what time should we play these games, where should we play these games. It's a very different puzzle to put together now than it was really not that long ago when the Val Pinchbecks of the world were doing it by hand. So appreciative that everybody cares. Uh, appreciative that there's so many people that offer so much help to us. I hope you don't mind just a couple of quick shout outs, a company out of Western Canada called Optimal Planning Solutions. We really couldn't do this without them. Uh, searching through an infinite solution space, trying to find this, you know, best grain of sand on the beach. We use Garobi optimization. We use every AWS computer that we can put our hands on. We got a company out of Boston helping us with rating projections, a company called Recentive. Um, those college football, college basketball fans among us who are familiar with the KPI index, that KP stands for Kevin Paga. We talk to Kevin all the time, just trying to figure out, is there a better way? Can we get smarter? Can we get faster? Um, you know, Ani and I are just trying to throw options at Howard and Hans and Brian Rolap and Roger Goodell. Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. It's a little different than yesterday. Maybe it's a little better. Maybe it's not. What are you looking for? What are we all trying to do here? What's the right balance between the primetime packages, between the competitive inequities? Here's one. Solved yesterday's problem. Here's what it broke. Is it better? Is it worse? You know, we're just going to keep throwing options after you until the very last possible second. At some point, obviously, we've got to pick one and we got to put it out to the world. Everybody's waiting. Um, but uh, the, the job never ends. And Give us a couple of days to catch our breath, but we'll start thinking about 2023 pretty soon. And you mentioned the fact that you would be graded. Do either of you care to grade yourself before the grades are really final to give us a rough grade here as we wrap up the 2022 schedule release? Do we have any grades, Ani, Mike, you care to grade yourself? Look, we, we, we want to put out a schedule that we're proud of, and I think we, we feel good 
about what we're able to do. But as Mike said, the grading comes next season. That's viewership. It's it's the exciting finishes and everything else. That's it's all on the field, obviously, where we're just sequencing the games. But you know, I think we 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 in amongst ourselves have a gut and feel of of what what how we feel about how we did. But you know, ultimately the the, the public and the commissioner and our clubs, you know, we'll get that grade next year. Yeah, call it an incomplete for now, but uh I, I think we I think we felt like we did okay on the test. And with that, we will allow Mike to go sign more autographs, go back into hair and makeup, get prettied up for the weekend, and have himself get primped up for the 2022-2023 schedule release. Mike will be ready for that. He'll look nice and handsome once again. Right, Mike? Whatever's best for the league, pal. You know that. (laughs) Guys, thank you very much for the time. Congratulations on what looks like a great job. I commend you, and I hope both of you guys get some nice weekend naps. Thanks, Adam. Take care, Adam. Great to be with you. And so there is Mike North and Ani Bose with some great insight into the schedule. And how about that? Who would have thought that ESPN will have Monday night football flex scheduling from weeks 14 through 18 next year. And there will be three, not one, but three Monday night double headers during the 2023 season in much the same way that there will be the Monday night double header this year in week two when we have Tennessee at Buffalo and Minnesota at Philadelphia. So get ready for more Monday night doubleheaders in the future. All right, we talk about the schedule. How about the fact that the Denver Broncos had another great schedule release video? So many social media teams did. Chargers, Cowboys, Panthers, on and on, right? There, there are teams that make this their Super Bowl and do a tremendous job of it, and they all deserve major props. Now, I happen to be going out to Denver A few weeks back, I was planning to go to game three of the Nuggets Warriors series, meet a friend there. That was the plan. Landed in Denver about 1130 in the morning. Now, I lived in Denver for almost 16 years, so you would think that my body would be used to it. But as soon as I got off the plane, body was not right. Body was feeling altitude sickness. Now, I drove out to Denver, the Broncos complex that day because... I was going to be doing that video and I had a couple of people I wanted to go see at the Broncos complex. And while I was out there, they had me do this video. Now I was really, really sick. So it was not easy to get through, but sucked it up, got to play hurt, went through the video, shot a few different scenes. Uh, They obviously did a tremendous job with Russell Wilson and Peyton Manning. The final product is on the Denver Broncos Twitter timeline, probably at Broncos.com did a tremendous video, but man, that day, major altitude sickness. And I wound up flying out to Denver, like I said, to meet a friend for dinner, go to the Nuggets Warriors game with him, and then fly home to New York the next morning. Only problem is I flew out, I landed, I got sick, went to the Broncos, shot the video, wound up going straight to the doctor's office, straight back to the hotel where I was incredibly ill all night long and flying home in the morning. So I flew out to Denver to shoot the video, get sick, and fly back home. Not exactly what you'd like to do over the course of 24 hours, but hey, sometimes that's how life works, and that was not exactly the trip to Denver that I envisioned. And I was worried that Denver would be on the Monday night football schedule because if it was, I was going to have to take medicine, medication that I spoke to my doctor about that it gets you used to altitude sickness in advance. I didn't realize this existed. Again, never had any of these issues when I lived there before, but it's an issue now. And I won't be going out to Denver without taking that medicine to prevent the massive altitude sickness that I wound up shooting that video with that ran on the Broncos website. All right. The other big news of the week, of course, Tom Brady 
going into broadcasting. How about that? A reported $37.5 million a year contractual figure for Tom Brady. And I was wondering, like, hey, this has got to be his last year of playing football, right? Like, if he's already signed to play with Fox and to be an ambassador with Fox and to broadcast for Fox, then he's got to be making plans to do that sooner rather than later. I asked a couple of people about it. They told me it would be a mistake to presume that, that that should not be presumed. Now, again, Tom Brady's always talked about wanting to play till he's 45. He'll be 45 this season. So he will have conquered that goal, the latest of the many goals that he's conquered during this incredible career in which he's been the most high-profile, accomplished player in NFL history. But uh, who knows? Maybe it is one more year with Tampa. His contract's up there after the season. He'll be a free agent. The Fox has him signed to a 10-year deal. All it means is more interesting Tom Brady speculation throughout the course of the season. What if Tampa Bay doesn't make the playoffs and Fox is doing broadcast games with Tom Brady then be a part of the broadcast? Another interesting question to wonder about. These will be issues and questions we wrestle with all season long as we begin to take on the 2022 season. All right, I want to thank Mike North, Ani Bose from the NFL for joining us to lend some insights into the schedule. I want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott, for helping out and putting this podcast together. I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. And please join us again next week as we'll be joined by Dr. Myron Roll, the former Florida State and Tennessee Titans standout who went from football to becoming a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford to becoming a doctor to now having his own book out called The 2% Way, How a Philosophy of Small Improvements Took Me to Oxford, the NFL, and Neurosurgery. So that should be a fascinating conversation with the great Myron Roll next week. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Be well and stay safe. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.